Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities that have great stories to tell. I'm Randy Cardoon, back from a wild week of SEMA, the big automotive convention in Las Vegas with some fun interviews. And among those you're going to hear in the coming weeks, actress Candy Clark from the movie American Graffiti, Tom Smith and Thomas Weeks from the TV show Misfit Garage, Jeff Allen, one of our favorites from Car Chasers, and next time for our 100th episode of Talking About Cars, Mike Brewer and his all-new host Ant Anstead from Wheeler Dealers will be my special guests. Now, for the moment, we're in number 99, and while I know you enjoy listening to these named guests talking about their car stories, I get some stories from people who just simply show up to car shows here in Southern California, and I'll share those coming up. But first, we talk about a long-running car customizing show. You know it. You've seen it overhauling, where Chip Foose and Chris Jacobs became household names while rescuing beaten-up classic cars, turning them into shiny four-wheel dreams. And two alumni of the show, Courtney Hansen and Adrian Janik, or AJ. Courtney grew up with cars as her dad was race car driver Jerry Hansen, while AJ didn't really grow up with cars. I mean, there were cars around, but AJ wasn't all that much into cars. All right, let's start with Courtney. What's the first car you remember growing up? I remember my dad's race cars. So we, we spent a lot of time at Brainerd International Raceway and um, at the different tracks throughout the Midwest. And I would say that his race cars really s stood out to me, especially the big Can-Am cars. What kind of cars was he racing? Do you remember? Everything. Literally everything. <laughs> everything. All sorts of things he was racing. AJ, what do you remember the first car growing up? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's definitely not the track like court it's so funny because we have such a complete opposite uh uh car history uh mine was our family car which was the toyota corolla station wagon we did a lot of family trips like to yosemite to vegas i mean we put a lot of miles on that little corolla and it was an awesome car it was brown like a chocolate brown on the outside i think tan on the inside and that was back in the day where my brother and i were able to sit way in the back without seat belts so did i just age myself <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I remember. That was the car I remember growing up with. On that note, I also remember our family motorhome. We had a big GMC motorhome that we would take from racetrack to racetrack. And I just remember piling into that with all the family and friends. And, and I loved it. And we listened to country music and just drive through the U.S. And it was amazing. Now, those things always came with really bizarre beds. Like you'd have maybe something. Else. Where would you end up sleeping? I would always, I would top bunk. Top bunk. The top bunk. Because there was the bed in the back. And then there was the bunks. And of course, I was one of the top bunk, oh, cool. even when I was too little to be up there. <laughs> yeah, well, they worry about you make a right turn and you fall over or something like that. And no seatbelts, by the way, there either. Yeah, but we never had any problems. Uh -huh. I could manage. <laughs> we, survived. we survived without seatbelts, even though it's very important now. I would, I'm always making sure my son is strapped in. So, yeah. but we you're gonna, Your son's going to grow up and go, Mom, you never had to worry about it. Why do I? No, he's, he, he knows. He knows how to buckle himself in now. <laughs> my little man. I know he, he's like, no, Mom, I got it. I know how to buckle myself in. How old is he now? He's seven. Loves cars. Lo he's eyeing my Firebird already, but he's not getting it until he's like 40. And yours is what kind of Firebird? A uh, 68 Firebird. Shocking that he would be like a car guy with your family. I don't know. I know. He loves to race. He loves to race. We take him to the go-kart racing and... Not, I'm not bragging, but I'm going to brag. He always comes in first or second. And once, like, they ranked him nationally, and he was, like, number 20 for his age range. I'm like, oh, okay, what's happening here? But, I mean. What's he racing? 
What's those little go-karts? You know when you go to those uh, those go-kart tracks like MB1 or K1 speed, but loves it. I mean, he just knows how to handle a car and he's seven. Holland loves cars too, probably more than I do or anyone in the family. And I want to get her go-karting because she would love that. We got to take the kids together. Let's let's plan a play date. Yes. Ultimate play date for AJ and I. You're listening to Talking About Cars. Not only do we talk about cars, but we organize play dates. Hey. Uh, hey. We do it all yeah, with AJ in court. I like that. Now, how old's your daughter? She's three and a half already. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's wild. All right. Now we get to the question of your first car. Uh, it was a 1990 Camaro Z28. It was fast. It was a IROC Z. It was a convertible white with a black top, and uh, I got into serious trouble with it. Now, that's a pretty heavy car for a first car. How old were you? I actually got it when I was 15. My dad got it for me before I even turned 16. He Well, he talked me into getting it. I had actually saved my money working, so I was able to I, I split it with my dad. But he coerced me. He was coming out of racing. He raced SCCA and won 27 national championships. I always brag about him. But um, so naturally, he's a lover of engines and horsepower and everything. And he was like, Courtney, you have to get this car. Like, I didn't know really much about the car. And... So anyway, he talked me into it, and I had fun with it. So mom, on the other hand, didn't have anything to say about that? Oh, she was driving a Corvette, like whatever the latest Corvette was at the time. And okay. <laughs> my sister was driving when she was 14. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's our family's always been all about cars. Now, AJ, your first car. Okay, again, Courtney's family has the need for speed. My family must have a thing for Corollas because my first car was a Toyota Corolla SR5 Sport. It was a 1990. So you know those two doors and the, the, the lights in the front flipped up? 90 horsepower. Ooh, I was, I was like, I'm rocking it. I got a sports car. Nailin, you were stuck. Yeah, midnight blue. I had kind of like that material, ple- you know, plush material. Yeah, but again, I put over a hundred thousand miles on that car. Really? Great car. I'm telling Toyota Corollas. Well, how did you get to a point where you've got a '68 Firebird now? When did you take the step into the cool side? To the actually, when I joined Overholland, because you know, I'll admit, you know, when I first joined the show, I knew nothing about cars. I didn't understand the automotive world. I didn't. I didn't get it. But a few episodes into Overhauling, it clicked. And I thought, now I get it. I understand American muscle, the history, you know, the work, the craftsmanship that goes into building these beautiful cars. And that's when it clicked. And I, you know, working on Overhauling and all the cars that we've uh, overhauled, I thought, you know, I love Pontiac. And the Firebird just, it was love at first sight. But when you were talking about the Corollas, I'm thinking there's maybe a Toyota endorsement deal for you there. (laughs) I know, Toyota, are you listening? I mean, come on, I grew up with it. My first car was a Corolla, so I'm a great car, yeah. Sponsor the show, then go to AJ. Okay, please. Let's get our priorities in order. No, wait a minute, I have to be polite. In your garage right now, what what is there? Uh, I have a numbers matching original 1957 Thunderbird, a 70 Mach 1 that I got from DJ Funkmaster Flex that I'm going to customize a 70 Z28 that I got actually from my daughter, but she's not having it till she's 40 either. <laughs> and that's in Florida, and I'm going to keep it original, I think. And then I have a sports car, Aston Martin DB9, and um, the baby-friendly Range Rover Sport Supercharged. 
I got to tell you, we've done over 100 shows now, and this is the first time anybody's name-dropped DJ Funkmaster Flex. So thank well, you. Well, last night I, I, I name-dropped Flava Flav. So we had this, uh, we went to dinner with, with a group of people, and we were talking about, like, what, who has the most outrageous celebrity in their phone? And I said, you guys, I win. I absolutely win. I can tell you right now I win. I have Flava Flav. Seriously? How, how did you get Flava Flav in your phone? On an airplane, we were both sitting in the front at the front of the plane, and he started hitting on me. And I said, "Flava Flav," I'm like, "I have a boyfriend," and he goes, "I don't care who you're dating. Flava Flav is waiting." <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave me his number, and so I put it in my phone. <laughs> Does he still wear that clock on the uh, airplane? I don't know. Yeah, well, he was wearing it on the airplane for sure. I mean, and any of the teeth and the whole thing, it was just... So actually, the guys last night go, we'll text him right now. So I sent him a text. I said, hey, from SEMA 2017. He didn't reply. I'm sure it's somebody else's phone now. Uh, could be. Who's this weirdo but I, do, I do love Flex. I've, I actually worked with Flex on Hot Import Nights and the nicest guy. He is seriously such a, such a nice guy, big car guy, so love Flex. What's the biggest name on your phone as long as the subject was broached? Oh my gosh, the biggest name. The craziest name. The craziest, craziest, or the craziest name yeah. is. I honestly, I, I cannot think of anyone right now. I mean, because I know a lot of people in the industry, and for me, they're just my friends, but maybe to everybody else out there, that'd be like, what? You have so and so's number? I don't know. I, I, What's the biggest friend's name you have out there? Oh my gosh. Just pick somebody glamorous. I don't have his number. Bud does. Uh, you think about I'll that. Think about well, let's just just put it into perspective. You have Flava Flav. You have you're working a Chris Jacobs. Yeah. Chris Jacobs and Chip Foose. <laughs> there we go. Mine, Weird Al Yankovic. That's about that. Oh wow. Okay. That's basically a. That's a good one. So I thought, okay, well, that's, he hasn't done the show yet. I asked him once, and he says, well, we have two Teslas. And I went, well, that'd be a different newbie electronic kind of show. You guys worked on one of the most famous shows that Velocity and or Speed, well, I don't say, was Speed Channel still around at the time, or was it on Discovery original? Discovery, well, Overholland was TLC Discovery, and then it aired on Velocity in, in the end. Okay, so the process in auditioning, so they brought you into audition. How did that work? So I think you guys will appreciate this. So I get to the audition, and there's this gorgeous brunette there, AJ, and um, because she's... I was helping run the audition, and casting, just kind of organizing headshots. So I remember seeing Courtney and Chris come in and you know, it's just, it's kind of all surreal how everything kind of came full circle, but- Because I, your husband is Bud Brutzman, who is, was the producer. Yes, keep, keep it in the family. So I get there and I'm like, well, she got the job, right? I'm just thinking she's got it. And then she starts helping with the audition. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. And then I went for the callback and she was helping again. And then when I ended up getting it, remember I was hired first and there was another guy originally yes. and then he fell out of the equation. So we had to cast Chris. Yeah. And so we went through the casting process and Bud and AJ invited me to be a part of it. Sitting on the couch, seeing all the guys come through. And, um, and I was a part of that I with mean, you guys. I believe you were cast first because I remember it was between you and some other girl. It was another blonde uh, girl that came in and the network, everybody was just Courtney, Courtney, Courtney. The, the other girl, I think she was kind of like just in case it didn't work out with you. So Courtney, I believe, was cast first. Wow, the guy, it's like you had an audition with several guys and that's when Chris Jacobs came in. Yes. So, so you and Chris had that chemistry i think chemistry and the height because he's tall i'm a little, fairly tall so it just worked and yeah. and then aj and i are the same height so that worked out perfectly yeah. when, so, yeah. so eventually you moved on to do other things that was your idea right 
Yeah, I mean, we, we, I just moved on. I did Power Block Power Nation for 10 seasons, and then um, now I'm working on a new show that I'm really excited about, and uh, it's actually going to History Channel. And it's, it's right now the working title is Dream Ride, and it's with Troy Ladd from Hollywood Hot Rods, who swept the award season with his Mulholland Speedster, his 36 uh, um, Packard, which is here at the show in the Absorber booth, and it's stunning. Pictures don't do it justice. You have to see it in person because of the craftsmanship, because I actually got to work on that car for Competition Ready. We helped him get it ready for the Grand National Roadster Show, and I got to get up close and personal, and it is unbelievable all the fabrication and work and detail that he put into that car i mean you literally have to see it in person to appreciate it pictures and tv will not do it justice the thing that scares me about the history channel i know the american pickers are i believe on that channel love that show but then every so often you see naked guys running around desperate and afraid or something like that and i I, or is that that's discovery yeah <laughs> okay, that was discovery. My mistake. American Pickers, uh, Danielle's a good friend of mine, and then uh, Counting Cars, of course, with the Count right. and and Horny Mike, who's here in Vegas. <laughs> oh, I saw that picture. I saw. He, and by the way, for those of you who've never seen the show, uh, he's called Horny Mike among other reasons because he wears a hat with rhinoceros-looking horns that have been cut off, kind of thing, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I just want to make that clear that I'm not like. No. Well, that's another kind of show that's probably somewhere else in Vegas. That's only if we get picked up by another channel. But, you know, uh, so that's new for you coming up. You guys, when you left, you came in, and you had made mention that there was a a thing where people were trying to kind of intonate that you elbowed Courtney out. That is not the case, and there's no truth to that whatsoever. Courtney, but that was actually some people were saying. Yes, there, there was a rumor, and there were people were trying to pit us against each other, and this was a, before social media. So I can even imagine what it would have been like had we had Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. No, Courtney left to pursue other opportunities. I mean, over, overhaul was such a big hit. I mean, you can't pass down or you know turn down you know an opportunity. You, that's that's the nature of the business. You have to take chances, and Courtney took that chance and has been very successful since. So when I stepped in, came in, was doing the pranks, took over as co-host, and it's been a great run. I mean, Courtney and I, were friends. We call each other. We're the original overhauling girls. Yes, we are. And we go to lunch together. We go out yes. together. Our kids play together. Like, well, there's no animosity. Never has been. That's just a weird... People want drama. They want to put girls against each other, like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or something. And that's not, that's not our vibe. Real Housewives of overhauling. No. Uh. No, that's not who we are. I mean, we're, I mean, in an industry that is so male dominated, I'm a big supporter in supporting other women. When Courtney gets something or a new opportunity, I am the first one there to congratulate her, to help support it, spread the word, retweet anything she retweets. I, I want to see her succeed. And I think in an industry where there's so few women, I think it's so important to support one another. So that's, that's how Courtney and I work. It's interesting because you have a unique perspective in a sense to what's going on with the Wheeler Dealers because when Ed left, Ant came in and all this stuff came out about Mike doing this and maybe they didn't get along and all the rumors and you got to be looking at this from afar and going, oh, I've, I've read this book before. I don't believe anything I hear, honestly, because that's just the nature of the business. That's what happens. So so we hear those things and then we just post a picture together and squash the rumors and all is good. Yeah. Exactly. So you uh, have seen what they've been going through, and it's just like, I mean, fans can get a little bizarre. They get very invested, and either some fans want to see the drama, because I guess we're so conditioned to seeing that on television. I think the great thing about Overhaulin is that there was no drama. It was a genuine show. We were all genuinely friends. 
the star of the show was always about the car and you know the person we were overhauling it wasn't that type of show where we were fighting amongst each other and I think that's why it was the hit and it's still popular to this day because we were a genuine show Along. And we still get along with Chris and Chip. It's like a big happy family. So. Well, I was going to say the real drama in the show is whether or not you guys are going to be able to finish the car in time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we always did. It was it was crunch time, down to the wire every time. But we did. We actually missed our deadline once. Once. Yeah, and that was. It, we were so disappointed in ourselves. It was the oh my gosh, was it the thirty two? This is. I'm honestly, this was like years ago. We, we definitely missed our deadline and it was- the show end? I mean, you kind of have to give the guy the car, right? Well, we, we were honest. We're like, we missed our deadline. So that was- There's no cheating. You can't just go, all right, just keep, keep shooting. We're going. And the guy's walking in the door saying, that's my car. No, but that's what makes for it, you know, makes it real. It's like, hey, we're human too. We ran out of time. We overestimated what we can do and we missed our deadline and again I think that's what the audience appreciates we're very honest you know one of the cool things out there is a poster that you did with Linda Vaughn where you were there with I think a newer Corvette and an older Corvette tell me a little bit about that and your relationship with Linda Linda's like family to me um, she grew up I, I've known her since I was four years old she grew up with my dad um, they've both been in the racing world for decades and uh, even though she doesn't look like it she's still so beautiful and, and young and spirit too um, but so Chevy just she's had a relationship with Chevy for many years they asked me to come on board and do kind of like the the classic and the the, the new Corvette and so she was with uh, the 63 split split window and I was with the, the late model and um, and we had a blast with it yeah and we, we've done a lot of appearances with Chevy and we also did a Camaro poster too um, for the anniversary and yeah Linda's the best she's here at SEMA she's an, the ultimate icon and she's doing great her health is great by the way because everybody always asks she's doing great yeah we've had her on the show before and uh, it's amazing because if you want to talk about the icon of women uh, in your business, I mean, Linda's got to be right up there. Oh, she's she's the number one. She's the queen of motorsports and Miss Hearst Golden Shifter. So, and she's a, a hoot to talk to, by the way. Like I'm constantly hysterically laughing. Like if I ever just feel stressed out or I need a laugh, I call Linda <laughs> because I will be laughing hysterically nonstop. Tell me a little bit about your. Have you had a chance to interact with Linda much? Um, I've met her once before, and fell in love with her. I mean, she's got that energy and personality that you can't help but like want to hang out with her. Cause like Court said, I mean, she just has this amazing energy and she's an icon in the business. I mean, I look up to her. So that, you know, the one time that I met her, I thought if I get to hang out with her one more time, that'd be really cool because she was awesome. I love her. Of the top three cars you want to one day get, what's on your, Courtney, I want to get that those three cars we were just talking about it a minute ago the the first ever uh car we did on overhauling the 71 chevelle that's it huh i'm still talking to jeff about it <laughs> it's just too expensive <laughs> save 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 what about you okay well i always said that my firebird needs a boyfriend and i would love 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 to have a 70 gto judge i'll take a 69 too but i i need a judge and I actually saw one on a show. It was all matching numbers, original, it was black on black. The guy wanted 200 grand for it. I'm like, oh, if I win the lottery, I'll, I'll take it. But it just, how about Lance Armstrong's car? Cause that was a 70 GTO, right? I wonder if that's, was, was it a judge? Oh no, it wasn't a judge. It was, it was, it was the 70 GTO. Yeah, yeah you, but you could make it a judge. 
or, or you want a or you're a purist? I want, I want, I want a real judge. I want a purist. Yeah, I'm purist. Any particular color scheme? Because there's a lot of different ones out there. You know, I, I have to. Once it's in my hands, it'll come to me. It's, I'm not quite there yet, but that, yeah, that just that's just the one car I want right now. A judge and a Firebird. That's a perfect match, I'd say. Yes, it's a match made in heaven. And a 71 Hemi Cuda is at the very top of my list, too. Oh, oh, okay. I need a Mopar. You do. You do need a Mopar. Have you talked to Chris? He's a Mopar, he's a Mopar head. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. I love his GTX. Yes. And what is it? Uh, the, the, the Cuda you're talking about? That's only, what, a million bucks? For the, well, and maybe even more for for the Hemi Cuda, yeah. If it's well, you're Courtney freaking Hansen. You can manage it. Heck yeah, I'll make it happen. <laughs> Courtney Hansen and Adrian Janik. Hey, check out Courtney's show, working title, Dream Ride, on the History Channel. And Adrian, you could see her in new episodes or maybe rerun episodes of Competition Ready with Mike Phillips. Now, for those who have asked me, why do you always talk to celebrities, but you never talk to us regular folks about our car stories? Well, have I got a treat for you. When I go to car shows, I often bring out the Talking About Cars microphone and ask you folks for car stories. Like, for example... What did you ever do to your parents' car growing up that they still don't know about? Oh, yes. Like the time a friend of mine and I in the 60s came up on a stop sign, put on the brakes, found out it was black ice underneath us because we were in the woods, went right through the stop sign, right through a sign that said left or right, no straight, right off the edge of the road landed in a cornfield about six foot below the road and then had to drive the car across the cornfield and heavy lifted across a rock a natural rock fence in the cornfield to get it out of there <laughs> the wheels were turned hard left trying to make the turn and i just went straight so the parents never found out uh, no, they didn't until we had to do some front-end work because of the wheels turned sideways. <laughs> Not good. And they never knew what happened. <laughs> what about you? Did you ever? No. Not only My did... daughter did. I did not. Okay, give me that story. Okay, she was uh, just a junior driver, no license yet, permit. And she, she pulled out my, her uh, boyfriend's mother's Cadillac and in the parking lot to go pick him up at, the, at uh, the curb. He was a football player for his equipment. And some girl just tore right into the car. She was coming through the parking lot. I guess she didn't see it. $400 damage, and guess who paid for it? My daughter did. She saved the money. I said, You're, I'm not paying for this. You pay for it. And and her boyfriend's mother was not happy. It was her Cadillac. <laughs> she's right in back of you. Oh, yeah. She, She's back here. My daughter's right there. That's your daughter? Yes. Okay, so she told me an interesting story about you and a Cadillac. I got in an accident. I was driving my boyfriend's car at the time. And my boyfriend's mother, you don't listen to my boyfriend's mother's car. Don't make my story up for me. Anyway, let's go back. It was my boyfriend's mother's car at the time. And I was driving, it was like a green caddy. And we were in a parking lot at my high school. And I went to back up and there was somebody coming. And I hit him. Your first impulse was, of course, to tell them what happened, right? No, not really. <laughs> Get it fixed and don't say anything. <laughs> I see. How did that work out for you? Uh, I was in a lot of trouble. Yeah, we got it fixed and we told them and yeah, they weren't happy, but it got resolved. Well, what was the point then? I mean, you fix it. You didn't. You told them. You could have probably told them at the beginning. Yeah. 
You're right. You are a nice person, and you're responsible. I was young back then, so you know the whole thought process doesn't follow through. <laughs> Ooh, Randy, Randy, Randy. I don't know if your uh, radio audience can handle it. So I have one. So when I was in high school, I used to sneak out all the time and steal my parents' car. Uh, my dad had a, a stick shift. The what kind of car was it? It was a red Nissan pickup truck. The best story is, so we were he was parked on the incline of our garage. I put it in neutral because I didn't want them to wake up, and I was going to roll it out of the driveway, but I didn't anticipate it to really just come down on me. You know, and like that's it, how our family dog died. No, no, no. Yep. No, no, no. Yep. No, 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 our family no, dog. No, no. His that name was Bob. No, Bob happen. the Border Collie. No, that didn't happen. So I'm rolling down the car, and I'm thinking I could stop it. But if you imagine, this is me, right? This is the car door. So it's going like this. There's a pine tree. The pine tree hits the door, and the door bends all the way like this. She could attest to this. All the way like that. She being my sister, Nini. <laughs> and, in, and for all the podcast gentlemen out there, she is taken and she is pregnant. <laughs> Good to know. By the way, can we believe anything your brother says? Uh, 50%. <laughs> All right, well, that's good. That's good. All right, that's good to know. You can ask my lady right here. She will tell you that I am 80% right. Oh, I don't know. It depends on the day. It depends on the day. Right, it's, it's a Saturday. Probably like 65% today. Good to know. Okay, so anyway, you were saying. I drive up the car. I leave in the parking, like uh, in the driveway, and my grandmother lies for me and says that it happened the night before. My parents don't buy it. Because I was trying to sneak out of the house, but she lied for me, so it was good. How'd you explain the door cracking? So my grandma and I got the story straight, and she lied for me, and we said that we bend it earlier on, something happened, but I wasn't trying to sneak out at one in the morning. Yeah. So. Your parents never found out. Um, I, I'm sure they know. They're, they're now, Randy, thank you very much. <laughs> they listen to this podcast. Now, I remember when I first started driving, I learned on a stick and I got in a car accident in my mom's car, and I didn't want to take it home to her, I was afraid, so I went and got the car washed first, even though the bumper was now missing, before I took it home, hoping that, now that it was clean and shiny, it would kind of like lessen the blow, so. And of course the parents completely didn't even notice it, right? Uh, not at first, because of the way I parked it, but yes, I eventually came out and told them. I went and got the car washed, mom. She's like, oh, that was really nice. And then I said, and? I got in a car accident. <laughs> I can't beat that one. No. no. Can you get close? Yeah, I, I told them I was going to park the car and take a ride with other friends to go to Magic Mountain. I decided to take the car. Everything was fine until I got home and didn't realize mom had checked the odometer. So she knew I took the car up there. But no damage. Everything was good. Well, that story is a very interesting one. I was having a party at my house. And a friend, of, it was very foggy, and a friend of mine decided he wanted to back the car to the driveway. Well, not only did he back the car to the driveway, he backed it in a, in a half circle into a tree, out of the driveway, back onto the lawn and into a tree. And my parents were away at the time, and I quickly gathered together information, found a place for a repair, and they were never the wiser. I was about 16 at the time, and I didn't want to explain what was going on while we were causing this damage, if you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. So what did you tell him happened? I didn't tell him anything. I did such a good job of getting it repaired. Nobody knew nothing to this day. And now for something completely different. Another new segment giving car events a chance to get a cheap plug on a worldwide podcast. So Rob O'Connor of the Syracuse Nationals in upstate New York, now in their 19th season, here's your chance 
plug away. Yeah, the Circus Nationals uh, car show is the largest car show in the Northeast. We had about 8,000 cars, about 90,000 people last year. 450 vendors. We have on-site camping. 365-acre facility at the New York State Fairgrounds. So it's a nice facility. We have indoor vendors. We have outdoor vendors. We use a lot of buildings. Uh, it's a really nice facility. It's got character. It's got little side streets, trees, grass to park in. So it's a great venue uh, to hold a, a car show and, and celebrate America's love affair with classic cars. So for our fans in New York, uh, how would they find you or if they want to bring their car? Uh, it's easy. Just go to SyracuseNationals.com. Our website's full of information, great pictures, videos, and all the other stuff we have going on. We have a, a bunch of events within the event uh, to keep people busy all day. What kind of special things are going on during the show, you were saying? Yeah, we have uh, one big thing is we have Artie's Party, uh, which is a, a pinstriper panel jam. 100% of it goes to charity. Last year, uh, raised over $72,000 for the Ronald McN local Ronald McDonald House. That's sponsored by One Shot Paint. Um, we have artists coming from all over the world. Um, they come in on their own dime, and every penny of the auction money goes to the uh, children's charity. Uh, we have a model car contest. We have a whole building just dedicated to rat rods and old school and rockabilly. That place is rocking all weekend. Uh, we have a huge swap meet area. We have a huge car corral area, 450 vendors. Um, geez, I don't know. I'm, I know I'm forgetting something. Oh, we're doing an auction in this year. So there's a lot of little things going on uh, during the show to keep everybody busy. Any guest stars or anybody of note? Yeah, I also forgot about the Winfield Award. That's a big part of the show as well. Gene Winfield uh, comes in, and uh, he's, he, people submit uh, entries from all over the country all year long. We send those entries to Gene. Gene selects the final six. Those six are invited to the show. We wine them and dine them and VIP them all weekend. Gene looks at every inch of those cars, and he selects the winner. Um, the winner gets $10,000 from Meguiar's Wax, so that's a big deal. He literally crawls under the cars. He gets underneath there with flashlights and mirrors and talking about it, looking at it, talking to the owners and stuff. So it's a really good experience, and people love it when Gene checks out their cars. The 2018 Syracuse Nationals will be held July 20th to the 22nd at the New York State Fairgrounds. Check them out on Facebook and search for them online. Hey, thanks for listening here on Radio.com and iTunes. Don't forget, check out all of our podcasts. And if you want more, check out some of our previous interviews with the likes of Chip Foose, Richard Carpenter, Wayne Carini, Dave Kendig, Jay Leno, and more on iTunes and SoundCloud. That's where Talking About Cars Classic is. Also, check out our videos on YouTube and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, our website is TalkingAboutCars.net. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.